Namaste and welcome to another episode of Waking Up with Jessica. If you haven't already subscribed, please make sure you subscribe. A lot of you watch the channel, but don't subscribe. So please subscribe because that really does help the algorithm. And that's very important these days. With that being said, we are going to be waking up with an award-winning director, writer, actor, and my former acting coach, Anthony Mandel. Namaste. <laughs> As they say in India, I just got back from India. Amazing. I'm wearing my bees, actually. Can you I see? see yeah. That. So I'm okay. wearing my own. Oh, whoa. Oh, nice. Well, welcome to Waking Up with Thank Jessica. you. We were just talking about we had a lot of coffee, so we're, yeah, oh, we're a little bit wired. I'm like, <laughs> I have to be confined to this chair I know, for I'm an really hour. like, I want to roll around on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for Hi. agreeing to come on my show. Of course. You're a very busy man. Go on. All over the world. Globetrotter. I, I thought I was a, a globetrotter. You are a globetrotter. Well, we both have a, a, a mutual love for travel. And different cultures and meeting people and immersing in, yeah, it's really great to to visit other places, right? And get out of uh, one's own mindset of what life is exactly. or what we're habituated to seeing, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> also, I think there's a, like a lot of brain research that shows that when you travel someplace because it's new, your brain creates new neural grooves for you to see not only your surroundings but your own life in a different perspective mm. so i'm always advocating travel you don't have to go to india but you could yeah. just you know take a bike ride somewhere yeah. they also like they even say sorry i'm just going into it Jess. no it's i love like, it please they even say even it can be as simple as if you drive to work you you take the same uh, travel path to work, you're supposed to change the way you go to work because you start to, no it's all about noticing things. And as you right. notice things, you fire your brain to imagination in a different way. Wow. Isn't that cool? Totally. Because we get habituated to like, oh, I'm taking a left here and I go down this boulevard and I've seen the same thing. And yeah. we kind of lull ourselves into like mm -hmm. a, a zombified state. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll travel to like many countries in like six months. I just got back from India and the Middle East. And then I come back and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> that was a lot of life that just yeah. happened. A yeah. lot of different perspectives, a yeah. lot of different cultures. And we here in the West think we know it all. And it's like, no, we don't. <laughs> well, there's that too, right? In oh, terms yeah. of also, you know, I'm not sure when this is airing, but like, just global conflicts happening yeah. in a lot of areas and realizing, wow, we're not, it's easy for us to have opinions about things, but we're not from an outside Western perspective. But yeah. if you're not really living something and you're not there, yeah. it's really difficult to even comment on certain aspects of people's culture Absolutely. and life and, you know, political systems. And so I don't know, it's really... Absolutely. Um, my travels actually brought me to Israel and Palestine in May. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had no desire to go there because there's a lot going on. In yeah, that even region. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was in Jordan swimming in the Dead Sea, well, floating in the Dead Sea. Yeah, I think I saw photos of that. Just yeah, floating, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I could see Jerusalem straight from where I was at. I'm like, I want to go there. And it was really interesting because when I was in Jordan, I asked the hotel, how can I get to Israel? And they said, you mean Palestine? We don't know what that is. They do not recognize it uh, at all. Wow. So long story short, I had to take an Uber 
a taxi and two buses to get to Jerusalem, which was 40 minutes away. Go through all these different checkpoints, get to Jerusalem. There was a lot going on. Mm. Couldn't find my Airbnb. I had heavy luggage. I don't travel light. Uh, well, cobblestone rooms. I mean, I was just like, uh, where's my Airbnb? Right. There's no rickshaws like in India, you know? Right. And so long story short, I couldn't find it. So I just told some guy in a golf cart to take me to any hotel, get to the hotel. It was okay, doable. And I'm like, after a few days in Jerusalem, I'm like, I want to go to Palestine. I want to, I really like want to see how mm. people live there. So I went to the West Bank, stayed with a local Palestinian family for a few days. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, just really opened up my eyes to what's really been going on. Oh, right. And how they live and how they just want peace. Right. And it just really opened up my heart in so many ways. So when I hear very derogatory comments, like just take them out, it's heartbreaking. And I can't even be friends with you if you speak like that right well it's easy right in our social media fied world to like like the nuances and the complexities of being human get lost and people take sides or a political system or a narrative that is something that you is a is driven by media or family or friends and then we forget about just the, the just we're all human. Yeah. <laughs> we all come from the same family, right? Absolutely. Like really the human family. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, that's kind of, to me, as we are traversing this really interesting time, like we forget about, I th- also think social media has desensitized us to oh, totally. the human condition. Yeah. And so we, we other people based on color of skin or sexual preference or even gender or yeah. customs or culture, totally. right? Yeah. And um, we just forget we're all the same species. Absolutely. Right? And you realize that more and more when you travel, right? right? Everyone just wants to have a little dignity, have a little fun, and have a roof dignity. over their head. It's beautiful. Ex- exactly. That's a really beautiful word, right? Oh, I'm getting emotional. You know me. I get oh. emotional. <laughs> These are not actor tears. These are real yeah. tears, right? The dignity of the human experience of Absolutely. being seen, being heard, being understood as best one can, uh, being appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody sets out to want to create war no. or chaos or... Absolutely. I always remember when I was in Palestine, I went to Hebron and there was four little girls and they just kept following me around. And every time I would look, they would just bashfully look away. Oh, wow. And because you're so tall and beautiful. Yeah, they were like, who is this? (laughs) Where is she from? You know, sort of like that. In your heels, no less. I asked my guy to ask them if I can take a picture with them and we took a picture and they were just so cute and he was telling me that like their school just got demolished and oh, wow. and just really awful things yeah. so yeah well, our hearts our hearts, go, hearts, out. Yeah, our hearts right. go out to that whole region and may there be peace and I feel like us as a human species this is our collective issue to deal with and we need to try to handle this in the most loving possible way mm. But there's a lot of politics at play and money and just oh for sure disaster. Yeah, I want to ask you because you've been pretty open about your support of the Palestinian people, 
and some of my gay friends have too, and they've gotten a lot of crap for doing that. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, you know, look, I, I guess what I keep trying to, what kind of what we just were talking about, right? I just keep coming back to the basic human dignity aspect, yeah. right? Like nobody deserves to be bombed on innocent children and women. Yeah. I always keep thinking, well, but these are also our mothers, our fathers, mm-hmm. our sisters, our brothers. I always just think about it in terms of my own family yeah. or my friends or myself, yeah. you know? And so, again, I think it's easy to dismiss a certain group of people based on all these things we've been talking about. And sure. I, I just, I try to value human life and and why are we not making decisions based on also i guess i was just talking to somebody before i got here i was thinking about the heart of conflict you know because for me working with actors and it sounds like a weird uh example that i'm going into but it's the truth because acting really good acting is conflict right because that's how stories are told but in the in a a journey with an actor, in a scene, in a movie, in a TV show, in a play, it also leads to some sort of conflict resolution, right? And I think to me, the, what we keep forgetting in terms of conflict, conflict is going to happen, but the resolution aspect means coming to the table to be able to listen Mm -hmm. and to be heard Mm -hmm. and to talk. And I was just sort of brokering, uh, a negotiation between a friend of mine and somebody else I know and how they won't come to the table and talk. And I was like, this is the heart of our problems is people have their own story and they won't listen to the other person's story, which might also be valid. I'm not trying to invalidate any experience, but coming together. Right. And so I don't know if I answered your question directly, but that's how I I try to see things in life. Yeah. Right. Well, I've been blocked by many people just because my views and opinions on certain things uh-huh. um, don't they don't want to engage they, and they don't, they want, don't want to engage, engage. and yeah. the minute you try to give your opinion <clears throat> you're just shut down and it's crazy that this is the world that we're living in these days yeah. you know well social media you yeah. know Oh yeah. I mean, we can talk about the evils of social media yeah. and like I don't <laughs> oh, even, I know. Anyway, we can keep it light and happy about, yeah. talk about travel, but also let's talk about India. Okay, yeah, let's talk about India. Because Good save. <laughs> you saved me. I mean, we will probably come back to that because yeah. you know, on the way here, can I just say, yeah, on please. the way here, like last night, I, I. I don't know, it was windy, and so my I was trying to watch something, and the cable service was down, <laughs> so I just started scrolling, and. I spend a lot of time just errantly scrolling. And even though I am a teacher of of like awareness and presence, as you know, and getting off the device, here I was myself stuck on the device and realizing Mm -hmm. like I was like burning time and then doing nothing and not feeling aspirational, inspirational, filled after the experience, actually feeling worse about myself. anxious so it's so fascinating that the like the code built into the logarithm of social media is to do it's like tapping into our our reptilian brain to keep us hooked on and hooked in absolutely it's really destructive and i i feel like but i'm look at i'm also the, the challenge is how do we negotiate in this world that's more and more being influenced by something that holds our attention, mm-hmm. but not with something of value, I don't think, but by distracting us. Absolutely. 
So, but let's talk about India or we could come back to that because in India, I wasn't on my phone at all. India just has a way of just... (laughs) It's the immersion of life, (laughs) right? It's not the distraction from life. Yeah. You're immersed in like, oh, whoa, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the profane, the divine, the uh, abundance, the scarcity, the uh, like... Uh, the overwhelming, the like, all of it. It's the whole world it's in the one whole country. <laughs> it's everything in your it face. Is, it's life itself is what I always like to say, Jess. It That's is. Exactly what and I'm not saying everybody should go to India, but maybe you should. Yeah. <laughs> I went to India my first time six years ago. Okay. I was going to, through a very transformative time. I feel like I remember that. Yes. With like just acting and yes. modeling. And That's I'm like, right. I don't know That's if the I last time we talked. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, I was just so disillusioned with everything. And I'm like, I need something that's totally different from my culture. Where can I go? India. So I went to India by myself and had no itinerary. Was all over the country from the Himalayas to the south, which is very tropical. Lived in a little hippie village in Goa for a while. I'm like, this is life. This is life. This is life. So I came back to the U.S. so depressed. Went to the Indian embassy. How much? What's the longest visa I can get? You can get 10 years. Sign me up. Oh, wow. So I got 10 years. They give Americans 10 years. And you can stay up to six months at a time. Oh, wow. So I went back. Okay. And I have so many other stories about India. Like Bollywood. Yes. Oh, yeah. So many beautiful experiences with India. My heart is there. The people are just... The people. Like, what you posted on your Instagram, you said hi to that woman. She was on a scooter. That was so endearing. And their love for America, right? Like the, the Which is kind of romantic and idealistic of like their view of America is maybe... My parents were immigrants and they came to America when they were in their 20s. And my dad still, even through everything, especially in the last four or five years that America has been, you know... In insurrection and you know has yeah. been going through so much stuff he still really holds to this american yeah. ideal and it's so beautiful to see yeah. but people who uh, at least in india and i think a lot of places still believe america is that yeah <laughs> and true. you know i don't want to break their bubble but this sort of nostalgia for what it could be and, yeah. and maybe that is what still makes america great but um yeah i think india is you know, I've been, this was my fourth time. It's, it had been a minute, hot minute since I had been there. And um, I was there filming a movie. We were just talking about, about the climate crisis. So I shouldn't say hot minute. I, that's yeah. something. No, seriously. I really am being mindful of that. I should be oh like, it was, uh, let's have a cooling down minute or be, so yes. But yeah. um, I was filming a movie there and it was incredible and I think what we we shot is really beautiful. I'm excited for for people to see this story. But, you know, uh, just interacting with people on set and the crew, but then also just in our everyday experiences there, the people are so generous. And, you know, they don't have, by Western standards, a lot. And yet they're still willing to, like, give. And I know it's a generosity of spirit that I think we could learn from. Absolutely. The richer in so many other ways. Yeah. Maybe and, not material-wise, but in so many other ways. And I'm curious, like, your experience, too. Like, I do think people go there to have a spiritual connection to sure. why are we here? What does yeah. it mean? What do we want our life to be about? What is yeah. purpose? How do we be more intentional? Um, 
you know, it's funny just because yesterday I was thinking, are we, are we just talking about anything? Cause like, yeah. you know, so I've been in the climate space for uh, like a decade and been doing different projects about the climate space. And this movie is kind of a breakthrough for me. I got, I, we shot in Greece last year and then I, I self-funded it cause I really believe in sort of climate storytelling, wow. but telling climate stories in a way that hopefully inspire yeah. and, and help us have a better understanding of the scope of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like most things, climate seems to be reduced to buzzy words or we just think of it in terms of, oh, it's getting hot or, but it's so much more complicated, like all things, sure. right? Sure. Um, so anyway, so we shot in Greece, we shot in India and Northern Canada, we're going to Taiwan and then we're finishing Cape Town, like I said before we aired. But where was I going with this? Oh no, uh, <laughs> what was I saying? We were talking about climate. Oh no, sorry, I just oh, got so okay. about climate. Uh, can anybody, can your listener help me get back to my point? <laughs> Damn it. It will come to me, I hope. I'm, I'm a scatterbrained too. Okay. So don't feel bad. <laughs> you were looking at my shoes. You were like, he's talking about climate. What's he talking about? No, about, oh gosh, maybe our engineer. <laughs> see, this is real live moments. This is real. This is how it works. Oh, no, see, I remember now. So yesterday I was just, because of my obsession or, real focus on climate and kind of like the future we're all facing. I I guess I've thought about this before, but I, I guess I think about it in different ways. And I was coming back from a walk yesterday. I was like, Whoa, it's so interesting being American and being Western, how centered our, I can only speak for myself. We center ourselves as human beings in the experience of our lives. And at some level, that is what human beings do from our egoic space. But what's fascinating and scary and beautiful and weird about the climate crisis is human beings are not going to be centered in something that we keep thinking, yes, we have to solve as human beings because we've caused the crisis, but it doesn't mean that you in your centeredness are going to be spared. And it Mm -hmm. it can be scary at first, but then I also think it's so important for human beings to maybe start learning we are not we're not in control of nature yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean i am not Mm. yes i may have more dominion because of my intellect and my power over an animal but i'm not more important than plants and animals and nature and a butterfly. And so human beings like to center themselves in story. And to me, it's been really humbling to realize like, oh, wow, climate doesn't care about human beings. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? Our centering, our centering ourselves about, I don't know, however we do is not what this is about. Absolutely. So I don't know if that has any resonance. I don't know. You're the first person I've shared that yeah. like epiphany. Thank you. With. But being in India, I think also does that to you because it's a country of billions of people. Yeah. So you realize like, oh, wow. I am one of millions. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> Which can be liberating, but overwhelming at yeah. first. Right? You really feel small there. Yeah. But but also empowered in a different way. Totally. Right? I feel like the earth has chakras. Like I feel like a totally different person in different parts of the world. Oh, for sure. Where I'm like, wow, who am I? Energetics. Yeah, yeah. energetically yeah. there's just something going on. 
I do eventually want to settle in India. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to come visit. Yes. Okay. I thought about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just really love it there. Maybe like in the south where okay. it's tropical. Yeah. Open a little cafe or something. I could totally see Get that. Get a few holy cows. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> and peacocks. I love peacocks. Yeah. Oh I won't God. do it really loud. So but, much yeah. life there. You know, I actually got locked down there when the pandemic Oh, whoa. Happened. Okay. I was in Goa, India, and they're like, there's no more flights. You can't leave or oh, go wow. out of the country. Come in or go out. I was like, okay. So you really had an experience yeah. there. Trying to find food. Being a foreigner, people were afraid. They mm. thought foreigners were bringing uh, it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. There was a lot of misinformation uh -huh. early on. People are like, stay in, just try to get something. I'm like, I need food. Right. Whoa. Yeah, it was a very um, intense experience. But after the dust settled, people were giving me food. You know how yeah, Indians, Indians are. are. And um, learned just a like, lot. I think it's also so yeah. interesting that that happened when you were there. Because, again, I think all these conversations we're having are about, I think the point of travel, or I'm talking about climate stuff, or you're talking about being there at COVID or whatever, is it's just how do we have a broader perspective yeah. of our place in the cosmos, yeah. right? And then when we do, I think maybe human beings become less inclined to destroy other beings, yeah. sentient beings, that they see as separate from themselves. Sure. And I think that that's the journey of awakening that we're all on, that my life isn't more valuable than an ant's. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Or a tree. And that this integrated system it's all connected mm -hmm. so what i do to you i'm doing to myself absolutely what i do to yeah it's really like the sacredness of it is yeah. really i love we're going so deep i wasn't i, know. I thought we were gonna talk about like influencing <laughs> no we are waking up to higher consciousness ah, so that's oh, i just thought it was see has many levels i was like good morning good morning <laughs> it is about waking up it's sacred to the sacred. Yeah. You know? Totally. So I want to talk oh, a good little segue. bit. Which one? Audiovisual. Oh, okay. That one first. <laughs> we'll talk about this one first. At Left Brain, Turn Right, which which is a book that Ooh. you, when did you write this? Whoa, that's, so that's almost uh, like 10 years ago. How many books years ago. do you have now? I, this is my fifth book. Wow. Congratulations. That was my first book. Look what you wrote to me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Jessica, a beautiful powerhouse. You are waiting to be released. Uh, I am released. You are. Look you at me were now. released to the world. <laughs> you like, you really did too. Like, I think it's, I think also to go and travel and do it on your own and not need a travel buddy, which is also fine, but like yeah. being brave to, to go to places that are, you know, you're, it's not like you're going to Palm Springs. No, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm going to very intense yeah, places. Yeah, and to just do it—that is being released. That is stepping into our incredible connection. Maybe it um, really is. I was saying, you know, to just do a little like name drop, but I didn't know this. But I'm just really excited about the book because even though it's been a ten-year journey, and to any of your listeners who are creatives, like I had approached pretty much every publishing house and a lot of editors. Yeah. And I was, 
you know, turned down by everybody. And I was wow. like, you know, this is insane. I really believe in the message and the inspiration in the, in the words and like yeah. really helping people get more creative and having a new relationship with themselves. So I just, I self-published and it's been a big success. And I was saying before we went on, one of my students saw Travis Kelsey, who I didn't even know of <laughs> until I, I'm not a football person. Um, he has a podcast and in the back of like kind of like this in the back of his setup he has that book on his shelf wow. and i said well maybe somebody just put it there as a window dressing <laughs> to make it look like he reads books but hopefully taylor swift was like you have to read this book and because yeah. it's for creatives but it's also for people on a spiritual journey so that's right. kind of what that's the intersection of as you know my work that yeah. i'm passionate about it's an amazing book, and I just recently picked it up again and started reading it. Okay. And I'm going to read some of this. Okay. Who do you think you are? For me, there is only the traveling on paths that have heart. On any path that may have heart, there I travel. And the only worthwhile challenge is to traverse its full length. And there I travel, looking, looking breathlessly. We're not our stuff. The jobs or the money we have, the cars we drive, the houses we own, the women or men we date, the titles we acquire, the awards we've won, the fortune, the fortunes we've amassed, or the year we were born. So if we aren't these things, who are who we? Really? When was the last time we asked, why am I here? What's life really about? Who am I? Mm. And those are questions I'm constantly that. asking oh, cool. myself. And that first quote was Carlos Castaneda, right? Yep. Yeah, I love Carlos Powerful. Castaneda. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, who wrote that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, just that's the, I think everybody's on that path. Yeah. And everybody, even those people like we are frenemies <laughs> yeah. or people we think aren't or people that bring up our stuff, which is also mm. important because the people that bring up our stuff are just a projection of, our own Absolutely. parts of ourself that we don't like or, yeah. you know, need more healing around. But I guess, how do we make that a little bit more conscious? And when we do, I think you have a more, again, integrated experience of your own life and mm -hmm. it becomes a little bit more magical. Yeah. And uh, you start taking accountability in a different way. You stop blaming people, mm -hmm. self-victimization. Yeah. And they, I think these are questions, I think that's how we make meaning in life. Like mm -hmm. meaning is derived by asking these questions sure. and then forging work around those questions. Absolutely. But I think some people are scared to ask them because it opens a whole oh, Pandora's yeah. box of, <laughs> oh, yeah. again, of how we were raised. Maybe you were raised in a religious family yeah. and that religion, you know, said you weren't okay being who you were or who you love yeah. or, you know, how you express, right? or a, a political alignment or, you know, so I think as we start to like open those things up, the, the, the foundation of how we, the narratives that we've been told might fall apart mm -hmm. and that can be scary. That's also why I think people hold on even more tightly sure. to something that they think works for them. Absolutely. I'm, you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of people that are afraid because they've had religion used against them. So they're afraid to find God on their own. That's right. And I don't know how it is for you, but I feel like God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. And it's just an energy that's in it unexplainable. And God is when I'm doing yoga. 
Right. And I'm feeling at peace. Right. And God is being in the sun and just dancing and being free. These are the moments that we should just really appreciate who we are. There's no hell or this, you know. The hell is when you are depressed. Yeah. And you need to, like, find ways to get out of that. And it's easy to do in today's world. Well, who was it that said hell is other people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You don't remember who said it, not Pablo yeah. Picasso. Somebody said it. I mean, but no, I think hell is sort of holding on to um, a way of thinking uh, that makes us suffer. Yeah. Right? And I love what, what, what's beautiful about Namaste, and I love that you started the, you start your talks with that, is Namaste is acknowledging mm -hmm. the divine in you. And I'm looking at your beautiful eyes and feeling so, like, I see the divine in you and you see the divine in me. Absolutely. And if we, again, we don't, also in our, in our, 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 our contact averse world we're living in where everybody's looking down. I don't see the divine in this. I oh, see I AI in I this. Just, oh, I know. <laughs> I see an Amazon deal on this. Yeah, you know what I absolutely. Mean? But I don't see soul. And so if yeah. we just did that. See each other. That's right. Yeah. And you'd be surprised if you just see someone and then smile. Yeah. Nine out of ten times they smile back. And you're like, oh, my God. Human totally. beings are so cool. If we just. But we're so scared to. I don't know that word. Also, the word God is so loaded, right? Yeah. So there, that, that's it. Like, look at wars They're are caused fear. because yeah. of it. Like, Absolutely. you have a different name for God than I do. And then the, all of a sudden, your God is right and righteous and mine is wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're going to heaven because of yours and I'm going to hell. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, it's so binary. Absolutely. And that is also part of nowhere in nature is there binaryism, mm -hmm. if that's a word. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's multi-complex. I'm making up my own words here, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's diverse and mm -hmm. flowing with I mean like how many different kinds of bird species are there if you just think about like 10,000 like if you think about the multiplicity of nature and life and how human beings reduce things to mm -hmm. it's so reductive mm -hmm. to put you here and me here so that yeah. I have power over you or you are perceived more than me and mm -hmm. so I think when we ask these questions you have to start squaring your own prejudices phobias absolutely you know what i mean yeah you're always so positive Aww. and uplifting and I don't know you should see me <laughs> i want to ask you what do you do when you feel down you know i i don't get too down i get a bit let me just can i breathe for one second <laughs> I think when I get really, like I feel it right now, like when I think about the future of the planet, I get really heartbroken about it. Yeah. But I don't feel down about it. I feel like such a sense of urgency and activism. Yeah. You know, there's a saying in climate circles, and I think this could be applied to anything in life nowadays, is like, we don't need more hope in life. We need more courage. Mm. And I think hope is such a, I love the word hope, but I also can see how people can use the word hope as a form of denialism. Mm -hmm. Like when we face things in life that we're really up against, a war, a genocide, uh, a climate crisis, yeah. a political system, you don't need hope to get mm -hmm. through it because hope can make people be inert. They're waiting for somebody else to do something. Sure. You guys, we can't wait. Mm -hmm. You are the possibility for a change. And I think sometimes everybody thinks, well, 
I'm just me. How can I make a change? But it's what you're talking about. It's going to yoga class and smiling to somebody. It's going to yoga mm, class. Yeah, that's... It's being <laughs> mindful of how we send out energy into the world. Or mm -hmm. if I'm driving and I lose my shit, because I do, I'm not saying I'm perfect or like I lose my shit with somebody who does like an asshole move in front of me. Yeah. Like how do I use that as to not react and learn how to give that person Absolutely. the benefit of a doubt, right? And so mm -hmm. I guess I don't lose hope because I always feel just like, oh, I don't know. Mm. I know. I also am always just so amazed that with so many billions of people on the planet, how somehow it kind of works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not working so well for some people today. <laughs> but overall, mm -hmm. I always have this motto that things are always kind of working out. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that from a place of privilege, although it's easy for me to say that from a place of privilege. But sure. if, if, if each listener here just kind of tracks their own life, and I have a real big belief in that, that even the things that fall apart are there for us to create a new solution or possibility like i don't think the earth is supposed to be conflict free so that's and that's kind of i'm, yeah. I'm not trying to plug my new book on stock yeah. <laughs> but i think the point about the configuration of life is it is conflict inducing mm -hmm. even in nature nature competes animals plants the insect world is competing against each other for resources right but within that comes a system that helps create new life and i think i think yeah. sometimes for human beings we in um working with artists and creatives anybody who's on here who wants to do a podcast or something yeah. or, and we think oh that's already been done jessica's yeah. doing that i don't have an idea for a podcast or i want to write a book or be my own engineer and create my own you know podcast studio or whatever we start to doubt that based on comparing yeah. and listening to the stuff that's in our way yeah and i think the stuff that's in our way is there for us to overcome it absolutely it's made you who you are totally. it's made me who i am i feel like you know given the current climate of the planet there's just like a lot of sadness and I, I get it. But being a creative, um, I was doubting myself, like, should I really be starting a podcast? I'm so glad you time? did. You know, and I'm like, the world needs, needs more love. What am I supposed to do is just sit in front of the news and just be depressed all day? No, no yeah. I want to inspire people. Everything that we're talking about is just very inspiring. Maybe people will go to India after they listen to this episode and just really... Um, discover who they are because it's a place that just does that um, so I feel like as a creative and this is to all my creatives that maybe doubt themselves especially some people that moved to LA and tried it and had to like go back home you are a success if you had the balls to come to LA and pursue an acting career that's right right that's right that or whatever guts. it is a writing career a podcast career yeah. anywhere Anybody who goes somewhere to create something is like already, you're already doing it. Yeah. Just because it doesn't look like we thought it was supposed to look like, even for the most famous people, it still doesn't look the way. Absolutely. It's never going to, our imagination of something isn't going to be the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And it's great to have an imagination. That's such a creative, intentional part of being human, but not letting yourself beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. when the pictures don't quite look yeah because it's never gonna look like that it's it's tough being a creative 
um, I had this show actually like around 10 years ago when I was taking classes with you and I was up to like eight episodes and I just was going through a lot and I just stopped doing it and deleted it. Oh, wow. But I'm not doing, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, just wait. I want to wait. I want to, I, I want to address like, why do you think it's tough about being a creative? The highs and the lows. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I think like the older I get, what's tough too is that we, everybody wants to create because they, again, want to be heard. They want to be seen and they want their stuff to sure. be acknowledged. Absolutely. Because I think most people are doing stuff aspirationally. Yeah. Right. And so I get it. We want the feedback from other people, but I think it becomes less tough when you do it for yourself first, yeah, just like you're doing it yeah. this way. And that's not a selfish act. It's actually an altruistic act because you felt like I want to do a podcast because I feel like I have things to talk about yeah. and to uplift. And by doing it, it's like a, what's the saying? Like a rock in a, thrown in the, a pond and ripples yes. outward, right? And so the act may feel somewhat selfish, mm-hmm. but if it's done specifically and committedly, it becomes a universal act. Totally. And so I think, I think creatives need to keep doing things for themselves. Yeah. I always say, create the thing you wish existed. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to do a podcast and now yeah. it's existed in this form. And here I am. And then, you know, like, but no, but that's how <laughs> yeah, it happens. Absolutely. I, I think we think that there's some magic pill to getting something done. And yeah. it's an idea and then moving forward with the idea. Yeah. The problem is we listen to people who say that's a bad idea. Absolutely. <laughs> that's dumb. That's like, been done before. Like just for me, like just thinking of like going back and auditioning and stuff, I get so much like anxiety. Oh, I'm like, wow, I yeah. don't know if I can do it i'm like i just want to do my own thing i want to do my own podcast i want to travel make travel blogs and i'm i'm all right but i would like to talk a little bit about acting okay yes how many studios do you have now well i mean through the journey i've had 10 schools all over the world technically 11 um that's amazing yeah it's been pretty in in I don't know, beautiful blessing. You know, some of them are on pause still post COVID. Like some of them have become a little bit more loose in terms of, you know, we're really living in a interesting new world now coming out of COVID and now a strike. But, but yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I just was at our London school. I'm going to our Sydney school, Wow. New York. I was just at our New York school, Vancouver, Copenhagen. I mean, it's a blessing. Yeah, it really is. Funny story, when I was yeah. taking classes, do you remember Brent? Brent was my teacher. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we were doing this scene, and he was just like, you just, you can't get angry. Like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, I guess too much spiritual work. Right, And right. it was, he gave me this really intense scene. He's like, I want you to, like, Lose your go, to, go to the dollar store and buy, like, 30 ceramic plates, and I'm going to have you just fucking flip out and throw them I'm yeah. like I don't know if I can do that <laughs> you know <laughs> so I did it came back next week with like 30 yeah. plates yeah. and um I was just lining them across the stage and it did help me a little but I just don't know if that was for me I'm not a very dramatic person like that right. but it was fun <laughs> I think I used to I had a student one time I think Brent was in that class maybe but I had a student she's on it she shall remain nameless she's amazing but she's on a show and but I was trying to get her she's really incredible but she always would default to being nice yeah and um but I remember I was like okay you're gonna 
I'm going to bring plates next week oh. and you're gonna and it was a scene in it was from a broadway play again called the goat where the wife is tearing up the house anyway like she's turning everything upside down mm. throwing a couch blah, blah 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 so we can recreate that by throwing plates but every time i was like Hassan, throw a plate she would just toss it on the couch oh my god <laughs> instead of it going <laughs> and her living in yeah. the opening of of it being broken open and i think I think you have, I'm sure, experienced this, though. I think it's more about <clears throat> being broken yeah. is open. Yeah. A broken heart is an open heart. Mm -hmm. Something, you know, in this book, one of the books, I don't know which book. No, it's a different book of mine. I talk about uh, the art of kintsugi. And uh, kintsugi, or wabi-sabi, is the Japanese, ancient Japanese art, where if, you, if I break a mug, a teacup, instead of throwing it out because it's discarded, I see the inherent value of a broken thing. And then I use like gold enamel to put it together. And the gold, uh, the, the scars, if you will, the broken pieces aren't trying to be hidden. Mm. They're illuminated to show the beauty, to magnify the beauty of what we go through. Oh, right? The I broken part, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wabi-sabi. So I'm always saying wabi-sabi your life. Cons yeah. Let your life be a, an art of kintsugi. Yeah. And, I think that I think just that's the the challenge of being an artist, but you're doing it. Some people maybe realize like the, the art form of acting can maybe be a little bit more stimulating in a dramatic way, but to be on a podcast and share yourself is a, is the same. It's just manifesting slightly differently. Totally. Being a poet is the same. Mm -hmm. Being an artist, everybody in the world doing things is at some level expressing their inner in an outer way. It's just not always as dramatic yeah you know, save the drama for the stage is what i'm always telling actors but absolutely but i think you're doing it you know you. and also i always think everybody should take an acting class because oh. it does help connect them it helps you in so to, many ways yes yes whether it's public speaking just interacting with people that's right being connected being yep. here having your feelings telling the truth yeah compassion empathy yeah. I always swear I'm going to go to Congress. I'm going to make people across the aisle. I'm going to teach them an acting class. Can you imagine? You would be an amazing politician, I, uh, by the way. You know what? I've been thinking about that yes. lately. Okay, I need your donations. Yeah. I'm going to play. <laughs> My ca I'm going to start. I know. I was like, would I start like with local, the Hollywood district? Because I live in yes. Hollywood. Like the community board. I don't know. I have thought they about have it. have a future. I have thought about it. It's weird that you're saying that. I don't yeah, know. People hate politicians because That's you know the what? Thing. You're hated on either side. It doesn't matter. I know, but also to me, it, really good politicians are civil servants because they're really doing it because they want to support yeah. the community. But we've completely lost that connection yeah. to it now because oh, totally, they're it, bought and paid for. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. That's that's the problem with politics. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what just happened with Congress, only ten voted not to for ceasefire. Right. Ten. Oh, right. Yes. So I, I was like, like, which congressional thing are you talking about? Because yeah, every day there's a new like. I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. So I wanted to ask, since I haven't been in the loop as far as acting goes. Yeah. Do you, what is it like now? Do If people want to act, should they move to L.A. or New York or? Uh, good question. I think, yes. Any of the cities we have a school we should move to. Um, no, I mean, I do think New York is still an epicenter. London. Okay. L.A. You know, Atlanta has a hub. We have a school in Atlanta. I think, I do think you have to, you know, because of COVID, people 
act online and we do have an online program and you can learn. Oh, wow. But yeah, however, comma, I think to me, to act is not is to be a part of a community <clears throat> and be I think LA and New York and London, those three cities to me especially, are such a creative uh, vortex. Yeah. yeah. Where you're meeting people who do podcasts and people yeah. who write books and people who engineer and people who mm-hmm. are musicians and you just get caught up in the can-do spirit. So I think, yeah, it's hard to be an actor in Missouri. Yeah. doesn't mean you can't. Yeah. I just think, I also think for me as an artist, when I was young, I moved to New York, and then, well, I went to London, then I moved to New York, lived in New York for a while, and then I moved to L.A. And I do think every young artist should live in New York and then live in L.A. or vice Mm -hmm. versa. I think you want to live in one of these cities that is kind of uh, a heartbeat of, of art sure you know absolutely yeah i feel like people will ask me like how do i start acting i'm like well move to la yeah get yourself enrolled in an acting class that way you're around okay (laughs) anthony mundell i'll give you my book (laughs) come to la (laughs) and be around other creatives that's right get some headshots done start submitting yeah. Voila. Yeah, it's really inspiring. It's I think we simple. overthink it, right? Yeah. It's really like put one foot in front of yeah. the other. That's from a Christmas special. <laughs> Is it too too soon to be singing Christmas songs? Oh my gosh. No, they're already setting I was up gonna Christmas say, at the Grove. Oh, I wow. was just there, so Oh whoa. Yeah, also like, Mariah Carey, I think like everybody starts Hollywood listening Bowl. to her songs yeah. now, like November first. Anyway. She's doing a, a concert at the Hollywood Bowl oh. November nineteenth. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, I wow. just saw the building. Her new Christmas like, album. She's got a new album coming yeah, out. I was okay. like, oh my god. But not, I like the old school. Okay, yeah. Mariah. <laughs> um yeah, you just do it. And then I think the hows kind of become the wows when you mm. just start. I know that sounds so <laughs> sometimes I hear myself, the hows <laughs> become the wows. But it's true. You don't I don't know. You don't know how to do a podcast and then you do it. Yeah. You don't know. I don't know how to write a book and I do it. I don't didn't know how to teach an acting class. You just learn. You learn by doing. You don't learn by Absolutely. sitting on the on the playground side. You can watch all the, the tutorials you want, but no, no, you no. Actually it's experiential. Just have to do it. That's right. You know, when I started travel blogging, I had no idea what I was. doing. That's right. I would just hold the camera and just talk to it, and luckily I had that. As an actor, I knew how personality to and use yourself, yeah. and, you know, talk to and tell the story. So all those tools were very useful for travel blogging and, and this, but I didn't really know how to edit. And then I started becoming an editor and a producer okay. and all this See? stuff. And I'm like, you can just make it work. If you really want to do something, you can just make do it, it work. Just say yes. That's right. And the universe will just guide you step That's right. by step people come into your life now i mean this is so cool we i mentioned this to you i was just thinking of you i swear to goodness when you then <sighs> like minutes later had dm'd me or you had dm me before i actually saw something and i think i posted something on your page but then when i got your dm it was before i had wow. even posted yeah that so, is trippy but that's what i love about it i know it's, it's the really synchronicity. I know. there's magic in this world yeah. if you're either in, in tune you're either in tune with it or you're not well some people would call it coincidence but coincidence is still the word coincidence is two or more events coinciding at the same time so even that definition if you look at it a little bit more scientifically is still something kind of magical about it like our events had to coincide at the same time for us to get the message 
Absolutely. Now, some people could be like, well, yeah, I was Instagram DM. <laughs> but, but, but still, like, what if I didn't check your DM? What if I hadn't even thought about you? Absolutely. I think there is something to be said about I'm not going to get all woo woo, <laughs> but I do good tarot readings. <laughs> I really do. But you no. have to give me one one day. Oh, yeah. I have to have my cards. I should have brought my cards. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? Um, oh, just about how there is something to be said when you have more of a meditative practice or a silent practice. This is why I also think this is dangerous because it's constantly filling us. Sure. But if you fill yourself with self, and higher self, mm -hmm. you can start to tune in to, you get other information. Absolutely. It's not woo-woo. It's kind of like, whoa-whoa. Yeah, absolutely. I just made that up. Absolutely. And so many things like that happened to me where I'm like, oh my God, is this really happening? All right. This but is Jazz, I think again, I think this is our, that's our real being. And people only call it woo-woo because we're so separated from it. And, you know, I, you know, can I tell you, I read this book during COVID that blew my mind. It was called Kindred, I believe. There's a few different kindreds, but this kindred was about our Neanderthal cousins. Wow. It was all about Neanderthals. It's Neanderthal, by the way, not Neanderthal. <laughs> and how, you know, when people, so there was a Republican congressman the other day who said something like, that's Neanderthal. And I was like, dude, you don't even understand what you're saying because Neanderthals are thought of, the historical narrative is they were dumb. They were like, Ugh, I'm going to hit you over the head and I'm going to, you know, like that kind of dumb, reductive. They were actually sophisticated. They were artists. They, they were the first, they're the first known, um, uh, creating art on cave walls. They had a very complex actual system of artifacts and wow. ways of creating early tools. They took care of their own. It's interesting that they disappeared. How did they disappear? It's when hominids, meaning homo sapiens, we killed them basically. So it's that's a whole other story. Yeah. But anyway, when I was listening to this story, uh, I was because I was listening to it on Audible. I was so, I felt like I was back in Neanderthal times. <laughs> and <laughs> in funny side uh, fact, I was so obsessed with them. I ended up. I'm on Twenty Three and Me, and I went and looked at there. There's a. a what do you call a genetic marker that shows how much Neanderthal you have. And most people have 2% Neanderthal. And then there's a very small part percentage of people who have a little bit more than 2%. Huh. I'm one of those. Oh, so wow. I really felt a connection to Neanderthals. But the point yeah. of this long, boring, sorry, cricket, cricket <laughs> story is the ending of the book was talking about how Neanderthals were so in touch with nature and nature is universe nature is divin divinity nature is messaging or tele uh, telekinesis telegraphic I'm, whatever these words are intuition that they would move with they could almost um they move with seasons they move with climate they move with nature they moved with animals they moved with the flow of life and it was almost as if they could tell when the prey that they were hunting would make a right turn wow. they would be there to intercept it and so i the yeah. point about that is we come from nature we are nature and so how do we get back to attuning to that which is in us we're just so distracted. The robot part of us yeah. is so taking over that we don't realize, oh, there's something so much more sacred mm -hmm. trying to show us this way. Come Absolutely. this way. Listen to me here. 
Absolutely. So sorry. That was like a. No, that that was, I love the Neanderthals. That was, deep. that was powerful. It's a beautiful book if you're into like wow. paleontology, and I'm so into it. Wow. I'm into it. our history is so interesting when you. Yeah. Like, who are we? We're just, we've only been on the planet, like human beings for like 10,000 years. I, I mean, like, it's like, ah. I like, mean, civilization in terms yeah. of human, human beings forming their first civilizations 10,000 years ago. I mean, we've been on the planet for what? 250,000 years, something yeah, like that. But what, nothing. but, but yeah. nothing in yeah. the whole scope of mm -hmm. planetary totally. existence, right? I'm Billions always of like, years. what, what am I doing here? What is this place? I know. And is so, this real? No, it's not. <laughs> is Target real? No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is Christmas real? Hate to break it to you. It's made up. Just I mean, I kind of love it though. Consumeristic <laughs> holiday. I know. Yeah, it's all. I'm always saying it's all made up. Yeah. Everybody's time is made up. Absolutely. Time, time was is made such up. An illusion. Yeah. To, yeah. And I get it. To make a civilized world work in a civilized way, they had to create structure. a structure, yeah. a timetable, so yeah. that we could move commerce, move goods, move people, move livestock. Absolutely. I get it. But we don't quite have the bandwidth to see oh, yeah. maybe that I'm more than that. Absolutely. Well, we have a few more minutes left. Okay, Can you tell us, <laughs> tell us about your new okay, book. Well, well, I have a new book out. Look, a shameless plug. I'll put it in front of my face. Unstuck. It's Unstuck. And it's just about how when we get stuck in life, the stuckiness, stickiness is there to help you get to the next level. It's not there to thwart you. It's not there to try to tell you you're doing something wrong. You're untalented. You can't do it. It's actually so encoded that your future success comes from the present challenges. I think people get down on themselves. Young people especially, I think, suffer from anxiety around oh, yeah. giving up because they see um, a roadblock as a sign that they shouldn't do it. It's not a sign. Go around it. Mm -hmm. Go through it. Bury mm -hmm. underneath it. Find another way. And, and use the hardships. It's like things are not happening to you. They're happening for you. But you have to get past the two part to realize this is all an offering for me. So that's what the book is about. It's just really short chapters about... I have a big chapter about imposter syndrome because young oh. people use that all the time. You're not an imposter. Nobody here is an imposter. Or we all are imposters. I sometimes think that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but make it work for you. That's just some tech, tech made it up. Those tech bros. <laughs> I hope you don't have a tech bro audience. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, like pivot, all these words that they use. Yeah. It's made up. Absolutely. Can we find the book on Amazon? Oh, everywhere. Amazon. Everywhere good books are sold. <laughs> mostly Amazon. <laughs> Rad. Thank you so much for Thanks like, coming for being on my show. Here. Like, yeah. What I really love about you, Anthony, is that I'm, I'm not taking classes at your studio anymore, but you're still supportive of me. Oh, of course. Like, well, I love you. It's been so and long. I'm and honored. when I asked you to like, come on, you're like, yeah, yeah. Talk to my assistant for scheduling. I and I'm like, this was, I knew beautiful. we'd have a cool talk. This was so uplifting and it's exactly what the planet needs right oh. now. So let me just say this. If you're a creative, do not fear or feel like you're doing something bad if you want to create during these times. Get the book. And Any of my books. Yeah, they will really help support you. Meet us in LA. That's right. Let's yeah. have a cafe. Cafe au lait. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. I feel like I can do anything. I'm going to walk out of here and be yes. like, oh, I got the world by the... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and then as the day goes on, I'll be like, oh my God, do I? And then, yeah, you just have to readjust. You do. Get a coffee or something. You got this, you know? yeah. Or meditation or totally. nature. Nature. Can, my, can I just say one last parting thing? We just have to take care of nature. We just have to. Just little things. That's all I'm What are little things that we can do? I mean, I just think, I know it sounds cliche, plant a tree. Like you can really, just small things you could do. Create a community garden. Make more of a like a place for biodiversity in your own backyard. Get rid of, do research in wherever you're from to go back to native plants. Like little things like that do make a huge difference. You know, like ultimately it's corporations and, and not trying to make anybody feel guilty about our lifestyle because it's about corporations and big oil that yeah. aren't taking responsibility. But we can locally, you can make a difference. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. And Thanks for having me. Um, see you around La La Namaste. Land. Okay. <laughs> Namaste. <Thanks. laughs>